just want to welcome everybody to uh, kind of an equip online workshop. I'm here with uh, Brent Silkey, and uh, we're going to be talking about social media best practices uh, for church leaders. And we say best practices, I think, um, because this is coming off of multiple conversations and interactions with pastors from all different backgrounds and staff pastors, lead pastors, who over the years have kind of I think what, what we're going to be talking about today is kind of really a general consensus, and that's why we say best practices. It's what we see most online, and um, I think it's just kind of the way to go. And then we say church leaders because I think, again, this doesn't just apply to lead pastors. I think it applies to anyone who finds themselves in a church position of leadership, uh, whether they're a missionary or they're a staff pastor, youth pastor, children's pastor, maybe they're licensed, uh, but maybe not in the staff position, but attending a church. I think this just kind of all encompasses, if you have that pastoral heart, if you're in church leadership, then these are some best practices that we think uh, for social media are going to be really beneficial for all of us moving forward. And I think ultimately our hope out of this, and uh, I'll ask Brent to just kind of jump in here in a second. Our hope out of all of this is that we kind of look at social media as a communications tool, and we have a hope that the gospel is communicated uh, over social media, that we can express hope and love and life, uh, the life of Christ um, through everything and every interaction that we have online. And ultimately, I think that's our hope. It's this idea of what social media could be, I think, is kind of what we're hoping for uh, as the point of this online workshop. So, uh, Brent, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit. Give us a little background first. Give us uh, what you're doing and um, where you're at. Well, thanks so much, Matt. I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I serve as the Chi Alpha Director for the City of St. Paul, which is one of the greatest joys of my life. I've got three beautiful little kiddos, Belle, Clara, and Henry. We've got a baby boy on the way in April. Um, my wife and I have the joy again of serving as Chi Alpha missionaries. So that's a little bit, I think that context might be helpful for uh, some of the things that I'll share in a little bit. So coming from a missionary's perspective, I also had the joy of working on staff under Jerry Stranquist at Cedar Valley Church for six years as the senior high youth pastor. And just learned so much from him and from the team and the team dynamic there and the communications director, Diane Kelly, who works at Cedar Valley. So um, been, I just feel very fortunate to have served under Pastor Jerry's leadership. And uh, yeah, excited to talk about social media and some best practices today. Brent, I know you've had over the years, you've, you've followed some guidelines. There's some um, different kind of, you know, guardrails that you have put up and in place because you... You are the king of social media. I, <laughs> I look to you and I say, uh, the reason I, uh, you know, you were the first person that came to mind. I said, who's, who's doing social media really well? And, uh, and who's doing it in a way that like I would want to emulate. And so I, that's where I look to you and I say, okay, then you've got to have this list. You've got to have this idea of what you do or do not post. So tell us, a, let's just kind of walk us through that. What are your guidelines? Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate those words, Matt. Um, I think social media is, uh, Eric Samuel Tim talks about social media like a hammer. And a hammer, you can either build something or you can destroy something. And I guess, I don't know at what point this came to be for me, but I just feel like, man, there are so many people in our world who are hurting and there are so many things that are destroying 
that if I am given a hammer in my hand, I want to build something. I want to build people. I want to build, you know, share the love of Christ and help build the kingdom of God. And so that's kind of my, I guess that's kind of my lens, my, my, the big picture filter that I try to use. Am I building up someone? Am I building up? Am I encouraging? Am I speaking life? Um, there's a lot of rain clouds out there. Could I be sunshine to somebody's day with an encouraging verse or sunshine for somebody's day with a, a fun post about my kids or, or a ministry thing or whatever it might be. So I do have some guidelines. Um, they have been uh, something that have I think guardrails actually is the perfect way to say it. Um, it's something that, you know, as a missionary, as a minister, as a follower of Christ, as a dad, as a husband, um, I know that when I post something, I don't just represent my own thoughts. It's a representation of my wife, my marriage, my kids. I serve under Mike Amiat's leadership, Kirby's leadership, Mark Dean's leadership, um, E. Scott Martin, the National Kyle Director, Doug Clay. I, I just think of all of these people and all of these organizations and entities that mean so much to me that I represent with a post. And so um, I think in even in one, even one zoom, you know, zooming out even one more uh, frame would, would be. I represent Jesus as a person who's, you know, out loud a Christian and a Christ follower. And so I think about all the people that I know on social media, some I've met in person, some I have not. And am I building up? Am I building them up? Am I help, helping share life? Am I helping point them to Christ uh, in the general picture of what my social media looks like? And so some of the guidelines I have, um, I think first and foremost, just this idea that uh, the voice that God has given to me isn't just for me. It's a voice to be used as a tool, again, um, to help redirect and point people who are searching, right, searching for hope, that they could find that in Jesus. And even at, at a time of this recording, uh, in a family medical crisis, you know, through all of this, um, we want to be able to be pointing people to Jesus. And so I've got people reaching out from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, Best Buy that I used to work at in college, different, different places from all over, kind of coming together. And if I can just point people to Jesus through even a, a medical crisis in our own family right now, real time, um, I think that that's, you know, that's a big picture win is pointing people to Christ. Um, I also think uh, just a family value of ours is generosity. And I think uh, Justin Lathrop actually did an amazing, it was a blog post that it might have actually turned into a book, but he talked about like the likable Christian. He talked about how to do social media well. And I remember reading that blog post, uh, it might've been 10 years ago, eight years ago. And it so shaped how I, I saw things. I was like, wow, I could actually, you know, this business is doing a really good work to help the community. If I share this, that's me endorsing and promoting the good work that this company is doing for the community. Like that could be a generous thing to just share that post and say, hey, check out what's going on over here. Uh, also, just the idea that there are a lot of needs out there. Like, is, is there something where I might feel like prompted by the Lord or just um, just, you know, tugged at my heart where I'm like, man, I really want to like let them people know that there's an, a need here we can pray for together. And if people want to join a meal train, we'll start a meal train and help somebody else. But this idea of generosity expressed in social media is one of the guardrails and guidelines I've got. Um, I think the general principle of being a good neighbor, I think, you know, the idea if, if I was outside of my house and a bunch of neighbors were talking and I entered that conversation, what would be my tone and tenor entering that conversation? It probably wouldn't be like super negative, critical guy. It'd be like, hey guys, how, how's it going? I'm like that type of 
uh, I just want to be that type of example for, for my neighbors. And so when I talk about social media and guardrails, how can I be a good neighbor uh, to those people that might see this post, that might see this video, that might see this picture, that might read this caption? Um, I think probably my favorite filter that I use, Matt, is the 4-8 filter. And I know that's like a super Christian, Christianese way to say Philippians 4-8, but whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And if you think through that filter, it's like, am I, if I post this thing, is it true? Yeah, it's probably, hopefully it's true. Is it noble? Well, if it's not noble, maybe, maybe I shouldn't post it. You know, is it just, is it, you know what I mean? Is it praiseworthy? Is it, is it worthy of, of the, the God that we serve? And if it's not, it's a helpful thing for me to say, okay, that's a guardrail. I'm just, I'm going to save that one in the drafts or I'm going to delete that post altogether. Uh, Josiah Keneally said this, he says, think twice, post once. And I think that's a really good one. And I think it's, I'll take it a step further. Think twice, post once, or post nonce. Cause sometimes it's just better to not, not post it. And I know I've had, you know, there's, you know, there's lots of stuff on social media where it's like, man, I feel like I have maybe something to say at a particular comment section of things. And then I think, wait, I should just contact this person and talk with them offline because they'll be yeah. way more productive. You can't, yep. it, you know what I mean? Like it, this could be misinterpreted or this could be, you know, misconstrued some way on, on a comment section. Let's just have coffee or let's have a zoom, a zoom call and talk about this. And I just have found that those have been so much more productive conversations when they've been offline. So sometimes it's like, is this online or offline? Let's hang there just for a second because you bring up something interesting. Cause I think a lot of times we think social media, we think posting, you know, what are we expressing? But a lot of times, uh, it comes what we're, what we're trying to express comes through in comments like you just mentioned. And I, th I think, you know, sometimes I think we almost forget about the biblical idea of, of uh, if we disagree with someone, you know, it might not, be, it might be better actually, like you said, to call them or message, use messenger instead of comments, you know, and just, I think it's so easy for us to just poke in on the comments, but we don't know the tone. Sometimes it's very hard to interpret, like, are we angry or upset? Are we joking? Um, and especially if we're like trying to, if we're disagreeing with something, I love that. You know, let it probably pull back from the comments, right? Yeah. I mean, just real time example. I posted a picture at church when we were going to church. We went for church to church for a couple of weeks in person um, with all the COVID stuff and the different different things happening this year. And a former student of ours from a long time ago was like, it sure would be nice if people wore masks. And I knew their heart. I know who they are. I love them. So instead of getting into a comment war, I texted them and just said, hey, I just want you to know the people on the stage had masks on until they got on the stage, sang or preached, got off the stage, put masks on, and most of the people had masks on. And they were like, I, I'm so sorry. I, sh I, shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that on, on social media. It's like, hey, all good. Love you. Yeah. They're like, oh, excited. we're so excited you're having a baby. And we got in this great conversation that could have been a blow-up hot mess on a comment yeah. section thing, but I just took it offline. And so even if it's someone who you might feel is attacking your own post, it's like, well, just be, you know, just take the high road and just text them or call them yep. or, or FaceTime yep. them. And I, I think that. that's, it's, it, it just goes so much better, you know, and then it's not this ugly mess on the comments where you have to want, want yep. to delete it later. It's like, hey, I had a productive conversation with someone that I care about, you know? Yeah. And you bring up something again, I'm going down to the next, the next level here based on something you just said again, but you, you talked about how it was, you said it was a former student. 
yeah. someone that you know was in your youth ministry. And I think it's easy for like someone like me or you who are in our position, where um, you know we were youth pastors back in the day, right? And there's people that I ministered to 20 years ago. I know I don't look that old, but we pastored, you know, from 98 to 2002, people that I still consider, they still consider me their pastor. You know what I mean? And so whatever I represent online, they're looking still at this, at, at me as a pastor. So it's important that like, you got to think, you know, who have I ministered to in the past? That's going to be seeing my posts in the present. You know what I mean? Like, you're still ministering. Like I'm still pastoring, even though I'm not on staff at a church because there's still people like that I've spiritually invested in over the years. Just another thought, you know, people to consider that whatever we post is what we endorse. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, one of the things, I don't know this is, uh, if this is a tweetable thing or not, Matt, but I think hotcakes are better than hot takes. And what I mean by that is I'd rather have someone bake a birthday cake and have that than like post this like hot take, like something that would blow up and be divisive or like be like throwing a yeah. social media grenade in there. It's like, no, like I don't want to do that. I'd rather have a hot cake. And so I was just trying to rhyme. But the idea that <laughs> the idea that, man, you know, there are certain things that in in my own standards and I don't put these standards on anyone else I don't put these standards on people that serve with us in our ministry in Chi Alpha um, or our volunteers or our staff but these are just like my own guidelines for myself and I'm just like I want to avoid the landmine issues that would instantly divide a room that would instantly divide a family that would instantly divide you know whoever it might be that would be reading these comments or seeing a post and so a um, couple of things like divisive topics, politics, um, even things that could be seen as like questionable, like, uh, why did, why did he post that? That's kind of weird. I always think of, uh, like think the idea of like level up posting. And what I mean by level up is if I think a level up for me, it's Mike Amiot. And if Mike said, mm -hmm. Hey Brent, I want you to make a post from my account. Would I post that? from a level up. No, I would never post that for Mike. Well, I'm not going to post that for me. If, you know, Mark, Mark Dean, Pastor Mark, like, yep. oh, I'm not going to post that for Mark and Barb Dean. Like, sweet mercy, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? If it's that, if, if you have that reservation about a level up posting idea, like, well, that's going to go over here and never be online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. this idea of level up. So just avoiding the hot takes, avoiding the divisive issues. And it's not that I don't have opinions on things like politics. It's not that I don't have opinions on things of really important things. But I remember one time being in youth ministry, being at a school, a public school serving lunch, and a student came up and asked us point blank. They said, hey, what's your take on this issue? And it was an issue that you can't win. You can't have a good conversation over a 20 minute lunch period in a cafeteria wearing a hairnet uh, about that issue. And I said, that's an, that's an amazing question. I would love to talk with you. I would love to take you out to coffee and talk with you at a coffee shop about that. And they said, I would like that very much. So Mike and McDonald and I took them out to coffee. We talked about the issue at length. It was a conversation that wasn't crammed into a lunch period. And it turned out to be something that was, that God really used in a beautiful way. And so I think just, I just avoid posting about commenting on touching anything that could be a landmine issue for online, because I think a better place, it's better served offline in a personal conversation. I love the level up idea, you know, because if you think about it, I know that, you know, from a district perspective, we have let's over a thousand ministers and 200 churches. So we know that, you know, a majority of our pastors are 
staff pastors or peripheral, in peripheral ministries. They're not the lead pastor of the church. So if you think about that, I mean, that's like 80% of our pastors or more are ones that should have that in mind. Same, same thing goes for me in my position as communications director here at the district office. All the time, level up. What would Mark Dean would Mark Dean want me to post this? You know what I mean? And like, how does this represent the district and all of the pastors? I mean, our social media principle, I've got it right above me, is what we post is what and who we endorse. And it's just like, that's what we live by here. And it just makes it so easy to say, yeah, we can post this or no, we can't post this. But the level up is so key. I think too, just this idea, um, you know, if if someone posts something and it's a little controversial or it's a little bit a hot take that someone else posts, and if I like it, it can show up in someone's feed that Brent Silkey likes it. Like you said, I essentially I just endorsed it. If I comment on it, yeah. it's going to show up that Brent Silkey commented on this. And so I just have made it a point that I'm just not, I just don't touch those things. And so um, I think in this, in the COVID world that we live in right now, there are just surfaces I don't touch. And I think of certain issues like that in the same way, like I'm, I'm not touching that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think yeah. um, it's not that I don't care about the issue. It's not that I don't care about those things. But I think as a Christian leader, as a person who represents Christ, as a person who represents our ministry, our family and all that stuff, I would so much rather talk to that, talk to someone about it in a way that's productive and can't be misconstrued because you can't hear the tone of someone's voice. You can't hear their inflection. When I post that comment and I say something, I could say it out of the most loving pastoral, you know, heartbeat possible, but someone who doesn't know me or know how, you know, how I would talk about something would be like, he said, what? I can't believe that. But still think I would say, so I don't even go there. And that's where I think you, you alluded to as well. Send them a direct message, send them a vo- you know, Facebook messenger, you know, text them uh, and take it to a place where like productive, helpful conversation can happen. Because I think even with some of these hot take things, we can love and pastor people through that, but just, it just yeah. shouldn't be on social media it, for me at least. Yeah. I know you like to say for me, but like I said, I think this is best practices. And I think out of my conversations that I've had over the past year, I think <laughs> it is the best practice. The guidelines that you are actually are giving to us are something that I know um, many lead pastors, people within our district would echo. Definitely, like it's better to have those conversations offline than online. Yeah, and even just the for the missionaries that might be watching or people who want to go into missions, you know, if I throw out a hot take on something. I've probably just alienated X amount percent of people who believe in us and support our ministry. And I just don't think that that's, that's a very good idea. Very wise. Um, I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, but, um, the idea of Andy Stanley's best question ever, got to give him credit for that great book. Um, but the idea of it isn't, is, should I post this? Is it the right thing or the wrong thing to do? But the idea that is this the wise thing to do? And I love how he has three layers for it. Uh, in the light of my past experiences, is this the wise thing to post? Well, if I've had a history with these things, that this actually isn't maybe the wise thing to post, so I won't post it. Or in light of my current responsibilities right now in this season, is this the wise thing to post? No, it's probably not. Well, I shouldn't post it. And in light of my future hopes yeah. and dreams, I think there's a lot of maybe staff pastors or maybe there are people that are like saying, hey, you know, at some point I could see myself as a lead pastor. I could see myself in this position. And I think we can just in an instant, we can just take all of our credibility away. We can, we can just undermine all of the, the relational equity we've built over the years by just one post. 
And so I think, you know, yeah. to have that, that filter and that lens of, is this the wise thing to do? Is this the wise thing to post in light of past, present and future things? It really is helpful. It's really helpful for me, a lens of like, okay, that just, and then eventually after we do it, the, if, after we've implemented some of these things, it just becomes second nature. I don't have to think on things as much as I did five years ago. Like, hey, is this a good, should I share this video? No, I shouldn't even touch this video, you know, <laughs> or like whatever it might be. <laughs> it just kind of becomes more of a reflex. And I think that then our, our social media platforms can be really utilized in a greater way for effective gospel witness, sharing the hope of Christ with people, even in the midst of brokenness. And so I hope that those are some helpful things for our, our leaders and our pastors. But those are some of the Brent Silkey guardrails for social media that I like to use. I thought, you know, Brent, you know, with me and you and, and kind of our roles in social media, I thought maybe people wouldn't want to listen to a couple of young punks <laughs> talking about telling them what to do. Uh, so I invited someone that I respect uh, very much. Uh, he's my pastor for years, uh, Pastor Mike Smith out of Redeeming Love Church. And um, he has been the lead pastor there for, I believe, over 30 years, very highly respected here in the district. He has served as the Minnesota uh, Senate chaplain. Um, he's the pastor of Democrats and Republicans and independents and everything in between. And so I asked him, I said, hey, would you just take a couple minutes to encourage all of our pastors, our, our pastors here in the Minnesota district with a few words of wisdom uh, from our wise sage of social media? Because he does a fantastic job online as well. I'm always encouraged. He's got the heart of a father, the heart of a pastor. Um, so let's just take a minute and listen to what Pastor Mike has to say. You know, as spiritual leaders, I believe that there are three questions we need to ask ourselves every time we post something on social media. The very first question is this, who do I represent? You know, as a chaplain for the Minnesota Senate, every time I go into the chambers, I remind myself, I am not there to represent the Republicans or the Democrats. I'm there to represent the highest form of government, and that is the kingdom of God. Second question we need to ask ourselves is this, who is our potential audience? Who is it that possibly will be reading what I write or listening to my voice? You know who they are? They're people who God loves so much and he wants them to know that love. Which brings me to the third question, and that is, so what is my message? You see, people today are hearing messages continually that are bringing division and, and, and they're reacting in anger. They're hearing people vent on social media and people are giving opinions. And, you know, when I'm sharing a message, I don't want to add my voice to that. I want to have a voice that's going to bring hope, that's going to bring healing that's going to speak to people who are divided and polarized and tell them that there is a way that's far above what we're going through right now. And Jesus is that way. And so I want to always give them a message that will give them direction and encouragement. And when we do that, when we ask ourselves those three questions, I believe God will use us to influence our nation and bring healing. Yes, healing for our nation does not rest upon the shoulders of our government. It doesn't rest upon the shoulders of our CEOs. It doesn't rest upon the shoulders of our entertainers and, and social media, but it rests upon God's people. He said, if you would humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways, 
and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So let's be a voice of healing and hope. Well, thanks, Pastor Mike. I really appreciate that. I know, um, again, someone who's very highly respected here in the district, and we love what he has to say. Um, I, th- I was thinking about something yesterday, uh, Brent, as I was taking notes. And again, if Facebook is a communications tool, what we w- I think we want to give some you know people who are watching some real practical advice and how to walk through you know how to best utilize social media to make it the best uh, communications tool that it can be. And I think ultimately, like for me, one of the things I wrote down was that um, Facebook is our pulpit and our posts are our sermons. And, you know, it's one of those things that like, if, again, if I was to give some practical things to throw out there, if you have that mindset going into it, whether you're commenting or posting, like I am a pastor in this moment, regardless of what position I'm in. And I am, you know what I mean? I'm called to preach the gospel, gospel and speak life. And I think, you know, that's, that's who Pastor Mike is. I always, you know, he's someone that's just the... Uh, that father's heart and that pastor's heart. So what are some other things that you would say are some, just some good practical things in, t- in terms of how to u- how pastors can utilize social media? Yeah. Yeah. I agree about pastor Mike as well. I've sat on his couch before and I just felt like the love of a true shepherd, right? You just feel so loved when you, you're yeah. with pastor Mike. Um, I think as far as practical things go, I think sometimes, you know, the guidelines are helpful to have. And I think sometimes like asking these questions and they don't have to be allowed, but just asking questions and having those questions kind of help filter things out. Um, So the idea of, will I regret this post in a week? (laughs) Like next week at this time, (laughs) will I regret that I posted that? Um, Would I say this to a person's face? I think I, this is just my, from my vantage point, Twitter, sometimes people are so like rude on Twitter to each other. And I'm like, if you were standing in a room, you would never say that to their face. And so I think that's a question that, you know, whether it's a comment or post or whatever it might be is like, would I say this in front of my church? Like you said, at the pulpit, would I say this to someone's face? Would I say this to my neighbor outside in my driveway? Um, Another question is, will posting this help draw someone closer to Jesus or will it push them farther away from Jesus for someone who's maybe not a believer? Um, the filter of honor is an important one for me. Does this honor or dishonor, right? Does this honor a person, a company, a church, a ministry? Does this dishonor those, those types of things as well? Um, is my social media better at building bridges or building walls? And man, that one's, that one can be, you know, especially in election seasons, you know, let's be people who build bridges. You know, that's just a question that is, I think a helpful one to have that. I'll add on to that. Uh, building, building bridges does not count when it's people on the same side as you. Mm, right. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we post things in that we probably shouldn't post and we get this affirmation from people who are already on the same side of the bridge. Wow. Totally. You know how, like another question is how well am I stewarding? If we talk about stewardship, how well am I stewarding the voice God's given me? And I think that's a convicting one. It's like, oh man, I gotta, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I really gotta like rein this in or really gotta get this in focus. Um, A question that's kind of uh, two questions. Uh, Does this encourage a Christ follower and does this encourage someone who's not a Christ follower? Is it like a ray of sunshine to both? Um, Will this bring unity or disunity, right? I mean, this, this year we've seen so much disunity. Will this post bring unity or disunity? Um, I think too that we talked about leadership, but does this honor my leadership? 
and for every, every one of us in Minnesota serving under Pastor Mark Dean, would this be something that would honor Pastor Mark and Barb Dean? Um, could this be misinterpreted? We've talked about that. And if it could be, don't post it. <laughs> you know, do it offline instead. And so I think, you know, the question of would this be better suited for a coffee shop conversation? I think that is so key. And I think that's a helpful, practical thing. And let's be honest, coffee just makes things better. So like, why not just have a coffee shop conversation with it? So, so those are some of the uh, practical questions that I like to ask and kind of use as a filter or a lens for if I should post or comment or, or you know, do something on social media. Um, I think there's also some just really practical things like steps to take from here. Like if people say, okay, if this is your sermon, what's my walkaway point? What do I do with it? What's my application for it? And I think one thing, you know, especially if we're in a state, right, we talk about this in counseling stuff. If we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, like there are certain things we should avoid or there are certain places we shouldn't be. I think too, with social media, like if, if I'm like super upset about something, if I had a really rough day, it's probably not the greatest idea for me to go to my phone or go to my social media and just be like, just like putting it all out there. It's probably a great time to put the phone down, take a break, take a walk. Um, for me, take a run. You know what I mean? Just do something that's, that's replenishing and helpful, filling that way. And I think, um, you know, for every, for every one of us, you know, could I, could we pause for five seconds and really evaluate? Like, is this post really what I want to post? Is this really a valuable comment? Is this a really valuable thing to put out there? Because, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, underneath that, like, is this the best outlet for this? And is this the best platform for this? And now there's different social media platforms. There's like 14 bajillion social media platforms more every week. Uh, but there are some staple ones that I know that there's some, you know, different, there are different uses, right, for the different platforms. And I know you've done a lot more research uh, on those platforms than I have, Matt. But, you know, what would you say, I guess, about, you know, the platform of Facebook versus Snapchat versus Twitter versus Instagram and things like that. Well, I think, you know, the main ones that obviously are Twitter, Facebook, Instagram are kind of the top three. There's others that are emerging, I think, with more of a younger demographic. Um, I think the thing to keep in mind, you know, that these guidelines kind of do apply to all. I mean, you're carrying through the same guidelines, whether regardless of what social media platform it is. I mean, Twitter is, you're right, it's, Twitter is a cage match, but we still can't like, uh, if we're still going to have that pastoral heart, we have to carry through these same guidelines on Twitter. Um, but I think the interesting difference between Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, Facebook is more of a closed community. I mean, if you think about it, it is your friends and family people you have accepted. These aren't random people who are following each other like on Twitter and Instagram. So it's even, it's more like, I feel like these apply, these rules, these guidelines apply way more even to Facebook. Cause these are the people that you have ministered to years ago. Um, that are in your church and your community, your friends and family, people that you're already tightly connected to. So in my mind, it makes no sense to operate outside of the guidelines on Facebook, again, because it's more of a closed community. So you're automatically, you know, if you go, if you go out of the guidelines, you're just, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's kind of like Facebook's your birthday party and all your family and friends and people you wanted to invite are there. And then it's right. like, what would you say if they were all standing right there, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, we talked about the, just the, the filter of the best question ever. We've covered that one. In light of my past yeah. experiences, current responsibilities, future hopes and dreams, is this the wise thing to post or comment? Yeah. 
Um, and I think too, the four, eight filter, I think coming back to Philippians four, eight, man, that is so helpful, um, in, in just life in general. It's such a powerful thing that Paul wrote, but is this post noble? Is it, or is it true? Is it noble? Is it just, you know what I mean? Like this idea of it, like, is this, is this admirable? Is this something that if my kids in a few years, if they, you know, ever get social media when they're 30, um, when they would look at something that I posted, would they be like proud and like, that's my dad. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's a, oh, is it praiseworthy? Is it worthy of praise to God? Is it bringing glory to God? Just some of those filters from Philippians 4, 8. And then I think um, my last one here, Matt, is just this idea that I have, I do have outlets where I do discuss things that I would not post about, right? Whether it's yeah. politics or it's like wrestling through like, whoa, this is a situation that's happening in our world or like, you know, whatever it might be. I've got a trusted circle of friends where we have um, our text thread and it's just a few of us. So we're texting different stuff. It's a private thread. It's offline. Um, it's very trust. It's people that I would literally trust with my life. I would trust with my family. I trust with anything. And it's people that I can really be real with and really um, throw out things like, hey, this is, this, is, I, this is what I've read. This is where I'm at. Can you guys help me sort this out? And I was at a leadership conference called the Global Leadership Summit way back in like 2011, 12, 13. And they talked, one of the presenters talked about having lightning rod people in your life. And I love lightning rod people in your life. They're people that you can trust. They're people that are faithful. That are people that you know that you can. They can keep your confidence, but they can ground you when you are super charged up about X, Y, or Z. They're the people that you can talk to. My wife is a lightning rod person for me. I can say, Eliza, I can't believe this. What are we going to do? And she'll just listen. I feel heard, and she helps to ground me. And I think those are having ground people in your church, in your network, in your circles that can be a, a, you know, an appropriate outlet for discussion things that maybe won't fit into the guidelines of things you'd post. And then having lightning rod people, and those might overlap, there, there might be an overlap there of the same types of people that can really ground you in areas, especially that are really maybe a big struggle or that you just can't wrap your brain around at this point alone. And they can just say, hey, I got you, let's talk about this. Yeah. And it's not on a forum. Yeah. It's not on a comment section. It's offline. It's productive. It's helpful. And really, I think I can minister more effectively after I've had conversations with that inner circle of people and with people that are lightning rod people. I think then I can be a better husband, dad, pastor, follower of Christ, whatever it might be, uh, because those people do exist in my life. And so those are some offline practical things that we can do um, just to help you know, stay on track with where we're hopefully God's leading us in social media stuff. I think that one is huge. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes there's this tendency, I, I mean, let's be real, Brent, you and I like, or maybe I can say for myself, like when I'm agreeing with these or some of the things as I'm sta- say, saying is because I've made errors in the past. Do you know what I mean? I, and I've learned my lesson that, okay, that did not work because I offended so-and-so or I turned someone. So, you know what I mean? Like these are things that like we, I have worked through over the, the years. And like you gave many examples of like, oh, I did this and then had to walk, you know, walk through it separately. So it's not like we're perfect by any means or that we don't have opinions. But um, I think that that is so key is like, uh, but we're, we've learned that our outlet is not going to be social media. You know what I mean? It's got to be 
real and authentic people that are close to us. For me, it's Jill's my first lightning rod. You know, we go for our almost daily walk and we just talk and talk things out. And it's like, I might, I have, I actually do have a lot to say, but I'm not going to necessarily need to post it uh, online. Because I think one of the things too that we kind of touched on um, earlier was this idea you mentioned kind of, you know, relational capital. And I think sometimes we think social media is free, but it's not because what it co- the cost is, is relational capital. And like with any investment, are you making an investment that's going to grow over time or are you, or are you using that relational capital in a way that's just going to whittle away and, you know, uh, burn bridges. And I think sometimes uh, I think, uh, there's this illusion of influence with Facebook, with social media, that we're be that we're being more influential than we really are, and I think it's a lesson I've really learned here in 2020 that my influence might be better served at the table, uh, among friends, among leaders, um, rather than me spouting off online. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, leadership around so, the table. I think you know one of the things we're going to wrap this up here. Um, I, Uh, just want to let you know, like Brent and I are available to any of you who are watching this, who might want to have an offline conversation. I've actually done this a few times over the last, you know, couple of years. Um, just some questions about how to navigate social media, best practices. Um, so we don't want to just like create a video and just throw it out there without, um, either of us just offering that we're there for you. If you are, you know, you're looking and have some questions or thoughts or concerns or whatever, reach out to us. Um, we'll post our contact info, uh, the best ways to get a, a hold of us here in the ch- in the uh, comments. Uh, but we're available. We're there for you. Uh, we love this Minnesota district, and it's um, we just we're part of it. We're in it with you. But uh, Brent, just transitioning here, going back to the whole idea. Our hope is that. I mean, what could social media, what could it be? You know what I mean? Like with all of these guidelines and we, you know, you talk about communicating hope and life and love, um, what could it be? What are some, you know, dreams that, that could turn into? Yeah. I love that question because I, as a dreamer, as a big picture person, 30,000 foot view guy, I'm like, man, social media as this hammer that can build something great, that can build something to help, that could build something encouraging, um, help build the kingdom. I've seen, uh, over the years, Matt, just different things happen on social media that when it was stewarded well and used properly, um, to, you know, to bring glory to God, that some crazy stuff, I've seen some crazy stuff. I think the most, probably the most personal ones, uh, it's when friends maybe from high school or maybe people I knew from even maybe way back to middle school or elementary school were, were somehow connected right on social media. And when there is something that goes wrong or something that's happening or a tragedy, like I have a, they're giving me a window into their life and to be able to reach out and to share the love of Christ, to pray for them. Um, one of the things that's kind of, I don't know if it's dorky or whatever, but I, I do this, I'll take my phone and I'll use the voice memo app and I'll pray for a person maybe in crisis or in tragedy. And then I'll, if I don't have their phone number, I'll just send it to them on Facebook messenger. And, you know, I don't do that so that they're whatever I, I you know, it's just a way of reaching out pastorally and loving people. And just, just to see like how God can use something so simple and so small, like social media, to make an impact at a really crucial time. I think those are the things that um, have brought me the greatest joy of what, what could social media be? How could we, how can we love people like Jesus 
um, especially at those at those critical junctions in their life. And you know, friends coming to church, people wanting to get reconnected, people saying, "Hey, I, I feel really disconnected from God. Um, is there a way? Can you help me? Can you pray for me? Can, is there a, a church I can go to? Can I come to church with you? I love those those kind of things." And I think when we're staying within the guardrails of some of the things we discussed, Matt, um, those conversations are a lot more likely to occur when we have not slammed the door shut, but when we've built those bridges, we've kept the door open, um, we've kind of thought through some of these filters that we can use. And I think it's been beautiful to see people find faith in Christ as a result. Yeah. Um, I think on a, you know, on a, as far as social, creating social change, um, the 30 for freedom dream, you know what I mean? Like I used social media to reach out to people to say, Hey, would you run 30 miles with me on my 30th birthday? Why would we ever do that? Because we're going to rescue people out of sex trafficking because every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim. We're going to raise $30,000, Lord willing. And to see what God has done with something like that, mostly, you know, social media is how people have raised their funds. And we've seen over $832,000 come in in the fi- last five years. And the thing that's beautiful about that, it's, it's people using their platform, their voice on behalf of those who don't have a voice, the victims of trafficking. And so I've seen, you know, social media be used and leveraged in such a way that brings honor to God, brings glory to God, that helps create change in our world in a real time way. Um, and I think just some of those, you know, when people are in crisis and it's, whether it's a GoFundMe, a meal train or whatever it might be to see people who are really hurting in a, in a time of need be ministered to by the church from people who just say, Hey, we are here for you. We love you. We're going to pray for you. And just to see how God can use social media to really make a difference in people's lives at a very, very personal, personal time. Yeah. I think for me, I a hundred percent, I mean, for me, I think as crazy as 2020 has been, um, I think we saw a glimpse of what social media could be at, during the stay-at-home order. That was like one of the most exciting times for the church, in my opinion, just seeing like, from my perspective, uh, being kind of the observer and trying to interact with what churches and pastors are doing online, it was amazing. Like just seeing like all the creativity that was in, of the church and, and utilizing all the platforms in different ways um, not just live streaming Sundays, but like the devotions, the worship segments, the interactions between leaders on live on Instagram. There's so many cool things that were happening. And I think that's just touching the surface of, of what it could be. So thanks, Brent, hey, for joining us today, helping walk us through your guidelines. We really appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Pastor Mike, uh, for being a part of this today as well. And um, we're going to have more things in the future here, uh, just equipping you as pastors and leaders. So look for more of that in 2021. And uh, again, if you have any questions or um, comments, you'd love to reach out. Brent and, uh, Brent and I are both available um, and we'll give you our contact, inf- our contact inf- information in the comments. So you have a great uh, rest of the day and a fantastic Christmas.